The Gospel According to Mark Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Today, right after the hymn of the day, we will welcome new members. And later we are going to gather outside for brunch where we can meet people in person who we might not have met before. And we are going to do something that I think hasn't been done here since before this pandemic. We're going to wear name tags. Now, I'm not sure if we're ready for this to become a weekly practice again, Name tags, at least where they used to be found, can make us congregate pretty closely as we find our names and put them on. But great care was taken this morning by a few volunteers to display them all nicely, and there's a plan in place to sanitize them before they are put back. And if you don't have a name tag yet, I'm actually in that boat myself, there are some temporary name tags with markers available. So why go through all this trouble? Because today is a day of welcome. We have new people to get to know, and names are important. What we call one another matters. Hey, you in the collar does not fill my heart with joy the same way that hearing Pastor Sarah does. Our names are part of our identity. Whether you prefer Jimmy or James, Sam or Samantha, Bert or Burton. My husband prefers Burton, by the way. Bert is his dad. If what we're called matters to us, then it matters. Getting to know someone by name is one part of getting to know them. We see this in our gospel today. Jesus asks the disciples, Who do the people say I am? 
The answers vary. John the Baptist, Elijah, a prophet. All of them are close. All of them recognize something divine in Jesus, but they're still missing Jesus' true identity. Now Jesus digs deeper with his disciples. He asks them, who do you say that I am? And only Peter speaks up, answering Jesus, the Messiah. Peter is right. And this is the first time in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus' identity is named in this way. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one. And that name has political implications. The Messiah was the one who was going to reestablish the kingship of David, change the history of Israel, throw off the oppressors, give power to God's people. This was the start of the revolution. But Peter is also wrong because he, like many others, hold this one idea of who the Messiah will be and what the Messiah will do, what he thinks this name means. Peter wants the anointed one to rule, to be powerful. And while messianic expectations varied, no one expected a Messiah who would be crucified. This is the beginning of a revolution, but not one so small as to be locked into one time and place. This is a transformation so big that no one could have imagined it. God's heavenly kingdom breaking into earth. Jesus is the Messiah. He is going to serve, to feed, to heal, love, and forgive even give his life for the sake of all. That's what Messiah means. And anyone who wants to follow, we should pay attention to this part, is called to do the same. If we want our name tags to say Jesus follower, then we are invited to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus. I don't blame Peter for hoping that there is another way, an easier way, a way that lets God use us to transform the world, but doesn't cause us any pain or require sacrifice. But to love our enemies, to work for justice, to proclaim the gospel, to do God's life-giving work and make real change in the world, sometimes requires us to change. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, one of the most tragic days in U.S. history, a day when our nation was attacked on our soil, in our cities, in a way we weren't prepared for, in a way we never expected. I remember September 11th, 2001, as a day of confusion. As news of the first plane hitting the World Trade Center, there was a moment when we thought this tragedy was accidental. Our minds couldn't imagine another reality. Cameras were rolling, watching people escape the burning tower when the second plane hit the second tower. 
than we knew. This was an attack, an act of terror. Back then, we didn't have cell phones with news alerts. We didn't have social media to quickly grab headlines or to mark ourselves safe after a tragic event. The nation had to watch and wait as information came to us a little at a time. Phone lines were jammed and people couldn't connect with their loved ones. I know this tells you exactly how old I am, but I was in seventh grade at the time. I remember my teacher answering her classroom telephone with such a look of concern as she heard the news, then stopping her lesson, turned on the classroom TV as we silently watched the news coverage together. Later, we learned about the other planes, the plane that hit the Pentagon, the plane that crashed in a field because the passengers prevented a worser fate. I thought about the family I had in New York City. We talked in whispers that day as we moved from class to class, some teachers letting us watch the news, others trying to shield us from the pain of the world. Much later, I learned that my cousin, a firefighter in Long Island, would respond to the call to help in Manhattan, to dig through the rubble, maybe to find a few people miraculously still alive, but mostly to find the bodies of those who died, to notify families, to give some sense of closure to loved ones. Yesterday, September 11th, 2021 was also the day of our meal packaging event. A day when we came together and packed 16,000 meals. When we set this date for our meal packaging event, it felt strange to me that our big event was going to take place on such a sad day. Because most of my life, I've thought about September 11th as a sad day. It's been strange for me to keep advertising September 11th as a good day, as part of our kickoff weekend, to name it as a day of service and generosity. Until Elaine Vetter mentioned it in her speech yesterday, I didn't realize that 9-11 is now considered a national day of service and remembrance. I'm not sure why I didn't know this, but of course I had to research this when I got home. If you go to the website 9-11 Day, it says, let's never forget what we're capable of doing together. Shine a light. Do one act of kindness, charity, or service. And I thought about Jesus's invitation to take up our cross and follow him. Jesus transforms the expectation of the Messiah and Jesus transforms the cross. Jesus takes what is the most gruesome form of capital punishment and Jesus makes it the location of ultimate hope, the source of eternal life. And we are called to do the same, to do this work to breathe new life and hope into places that we've labeled as too sad or too far gone to recognize that god's heavenly kingdom is still breaking into our world and we are a part of this inbreaking 
can't erase the tragedy of that day or the heartache that 20 years later, our world hasn't changed as much as we hoped it would. But we can follow Jesus and follow the call to this transforming, life-giving work. Like on September 11th, a day that lives in our memories as a day of tragedy, we can breathe a little life into that day, bring a little light to the darkness. Now, September 11th is also a day that we packed 16,000 meals for our hungry neighbors. Half of those meals are going to Haiti towards their relief efforts, and half of these meals are going to feed hungry students in Worcester. Because of the generosity of this congregation, raising over $5,000 and over 50 people coming together to serve. And with people all over the country turning this day into a day of service, imagine all the good that can happen. How September 11th can become a day of hope. Jesus didn't come to rule to seize political power, to force people to obey God's will or bring peace through conquering. Jesus came to love, to serve, to forgive, to reconcile, to heal, to give himself to bring eternal life, to bring the peace of Christ. This is the kind of life-giving work that we are being called to when we are called to follow Jesus. In just a few moments, we will receive our new members. The new member liturgy is simple. We renounce the evil in the world. We read the Apostles' Creed together as a congregation and our new members affirm their baptisms. It's simple, but the words are so powerful when you really pay attention to them. I'll end with these words. This is the covenant God makes with each one of us. What it means to wear the name tag of Jesus' follower. We are called to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of our Lord Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Amen.